Hi everyone, it's Harry Tubman here. Just want to ask you a quick favour before we start this podcast. Whatever platform you're listening to right now, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, please leave a review and rate us five stars. We would really appreciate it. It helps get the podcast out there, helps us to do more of what we do and bring you more episodes. Um, So thank you guys. Please go um, like that, share that, subscribe everywhere, follow us on all of the socials, Instagram at Tales from the Plantation, Twitter at Plantation Tales, Facebook Tales from the Plantation, um, and email us at Tales from the Plantation at gmail.com. All right, let's go on with the show. Hi everyone and welcome to Tales from the Plantation, volume 48. I'm your host, Harry Tubman, leading you all to freedom. We also had with us... It's your boy Tunde. You can find me at TFTP underscore Tunde on Twitter and Instagrams. And we also have <laughs> we also have in the background another little special guest and as well... Your girl, Nezzy. Don't find me on social media. Thank you. Do you know what I find weird about you saying this? Because you actually have an account <laughs> set up specifically for the podcast. So can you please just shout that out so that they can contact it's you not, there? Do you, oh, because what I've realised is if people find me on social media, then I'm more at risk of being cancelled if I speak my mind. And I'd rather just keep my thoughts to like a very small group of people. But if you insist on finding me, it's TFTP Nezzy on Instagram. Is it? I thought it was on Twitter. Oh, sorry, on t- Twitter. See, I'm trying to fob off people. Go. It's on. It's on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> You're still trying to. Get... Oh, so here's a um a random one. Apparently, Chappelle. There was like a massive brawl that broke out at his show in the in he was in Australia, and apparently a bunch of people just started fighting, and so he he basically fled, um, which is just super random I don't know I feel like Chappelle I feel like I've become I, I actually I love Chappelle but I've become disappointed with him and it's just like it's I don't know hold on I what, 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 are you, what are you supposed to do in a brawl I would have fled too what am I supposed to do stay no no no, no 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about this catch, catch a catch a lick from somebody no 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 I'm not saying you should no I'm not saying you oh, stand your ground bro why are you why are you, are you running for hey why are you <laughs> Why is man running for? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm just, but do you got, in fact, now this just reminded me of, do you, do you remember the guy that, that basically um tackled him at the yeah, like Hollywood Bowl show? That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. What happened? What was that? What was that about again? I, I don't remember. I I can't remember who the guy was, but yeah, he just got attacked. He just got attacked. Like someone just ran up on stage. I feel like that's a massive flo- security flaw. Surely. Like, how do you let someone get all the way up on the stage? Yeah, I thought the whole point like, of like... It's a one-man um, show. Like, if anyone gets up there, clearly they're not supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. the That's mad. But yeah, anyway. You know, when, you, when you say that, 
I definitely understand it because, yeah, Chappelle's already come close. At some point, you've got to be like, nope. Yeah, just like, I'm not. Yeah, I don't I'm know, man. Home to my children. Yeah. Well, boy. I don't know. I was, yeah, I was saying, like, I feel like Chappelle, I, I don't know. He's just, I feel like he's just got too caught up on, like, a couple of super, to him, important ideological issues. And I'm like, can you not just, you know how, like, with, I mean, I guess it's a bit different with comedians, but you know how sometimes now with celebrities, you just feel like, you know, when they said about LeBron James, like, oh, just shut up and dribble. They said it for the wrong reasons, but I kind of, I'm kind of with, the, I'm starting to, to be with them on some of this stuff. What? Like, you Sorry, know, ladies and gentlemen, nah. <laughs> with special guest star, Laura Ingram. Laura. <laughs> no, 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 listen. Tell us more no. About- so hold on, I don't understand what you mean. How no, you, what like- I mean is like, but basically what I'm saying is I feel like more p- celebrities should just stop. Like, I don't, sometimes I don't want to hear your opinions on certain issues. I just want you to just, just either be and funny you, or really be double down on shut up and dribble. Okay. No, I'm serious. No, how many? Okay, think about it. how many people do. I feel like it's happened so many times in the last few years where it's like I didn't want to know your this person's opinion on something, and now that they've expressed an opinion on X thing, it's like, oh, why did you? I just wish you just hadn't said anything. Why did you talk? Why did you? Okay, example number one: Kanye West. Why is he talking? Like. I liked college dropout Kanye West. The more and more he's talked and just be yapping, yapping. Look where he is now. Shut up and make your beats and go home. No, 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 no. We don't I be hearing about actually, your opinions. I actually prefer, no, I, I disagree. First of all, I, I actually prefer knowing what people, um, but I, I kind of prefer the people, the people whose art I consume. I actually quite like to know what they're motivated by and how they think about things because I wouldn't want to unwittingly like be a f- massive fan of somebody who if I knew what they thought I, I, I would be like oh my gosh you're actually like completely abhorrent like I prefer knowing to an extent what you think maybe I don't need to know everything what? on your mind but I do like to know vaguely what ballpark you're in like am I dealing with an Elon Musk or am I dealing with like I don't know someone on the other end of the spectrum like like it's just good for me to know um I yeah I mean I understand with Dave Chappelle, I I've always en- I've always enjoyed Dave Chappelle's comedy, but I was never a massive, massive, massive fan. I don't feel wildly differently about in him in the sense that I never was a massive fan anyway. But okay, there's some things he said that I don't agree with now, but I don't know. I, I, no, just, I, think- I just I just feel like okay, there's certain people that have been like, oh my gosh, it's terribly disappointing. Um, and I, I would never have guessed. Some people, I'm like, it, I'm not as surprised. Like, was I massively surprised when Kanye West went down this path? Not me. Really, I, I mean, no, no, would I? Not, not really. But- like, he was a massive surprise. There's other people that maybe I'm trying to think. Who do I? Is there anybody that I that I really liked that just suddenly turned out to be like complete? Oh my gosh! You know who I am disappointed about? Who? Howard from the Halifax advert. <laughs> Ah, yes. Listen. See, another one. That has absolutely gutted me. That has gutted me. See, do you see? Most upsetting comeback. But I, honestly, I completely disagree with you, Harry. I, I don't think it needs to be a shut up and dribble thing because, number one, everyone 
feel free to say what you want. Yeah, exactly. Knowing knowing what you believe gives me that agency as well to give you the consequence of whether it matters to you personally or not. There is a consequence of okay, your fan base will change, and it's then up to you to decide actually how much how comfortable am I with the shift that this idea or this ideology has brought in my fan base? Is this still who I am, who I want to be? Is is this accurate or is it a case of, um, like, who was it? Was it Kendrick? No, it wasn't Kendrick. It was uh, the other one. We're going to be all right. Drake? No, it was Kendrick. Yeah, Kendrick is we're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the person was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't read. And then he was talking and it was uninformed opinions. Then he went away and was like, you know what? That's my bad. Misunderstood. Spoke without understanding. Let me go and correct it. Wait, but was that you saw it was J. Cole? It was J. Cole, you're right. Cole, yeah, right? I was gonna say, because that doesn't sound like Kendrick. Sorry, no. One of them's one of them's won a Pulitzer, the other one is J. Cole. My bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, but look, I, I hear what you're saying, but my thing is, right, okay, let's just say, okay, for an example, right? Kendrick, another ex- also kind of a good example. Not all the way, but like let's say people so Kodak Black. He had Kodak Black on his album a couple of times. Kodak Black is like, I don't know, he's just a, seems like a trash guy, right? But Kodak, like, but Kendrick is like kind of co-signing or whatever. I don't really want to know what Kendrick's thoughts are. On, but I guess it's difficult because it's part of his art. That's the problem, I guess. But it's just more like there's sometimes I'm like, I just don't want to know your opinion on certain issues. I just want you to do what you do best and go home. Keep your opinions to yourself. Yeah, it's, like a, it's like it's like it's like at work, I, right? If someone's really good at their at their job at my at my workplace, this is what I say to to the people all the time at my workplace. I'm like, I actually don't mind if you're racist, sexist, homophobic, whatever. You're actually allowed to be any of those things. You just can't bring that to the workplace. So you keep that in your house. You come to work and you don't discriminate against anybody. You can co- go home and call me the n word. That's fine. Yeah, it's actually fine. I don't yeah, actually... It's pretty impossible to 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 feel that strongly. Uh, okay, maybe not. Yeah, okay, that's strongly. And then yeah, come to work and, I know, not, I know, I know. and not be discriminatory at all. I think no. my point is, yeah, fair enough. I I see what you're where you're saying. What you're, I see what you're saying, Harry. But I think the point, the problem is, is that it's often used against Black people, and it's often used in a way that is like, especially. I'm actually listening to a fictional, like a, a fiction book about like an NFL player. It's basically like a kind of you know medium brow romance but it's about like an nfl player and like a she's like a pr manager person who works, works with nfl nfl and basically she's put on the like to like manage like damage control when one of the nfl players like takes the knee um to like protest police brutality and in the book it's kind of obviously based on like a lot of events with colin kaepernick and stuff like that and like one of the things that people say are people saying to him is like just shut up and play like we don't ask for your opinion on politics. We don't need you to be political. We just need you to be like a quarterback, which is what you are. I don't. I, don't I feel like that. That anyone, kind of. If anyone had said, describe the type of romance novel that Nezi would read, I don't think you could have gone any more accurate than what you just described. <laughs> no, to be honest, this is not actually <laughs> typical. I read a lot of trash, lowbrow romance. This just happens to be at this current time the one that I'm reading. I want social justice in there. No, this is a 
first note. Oh my gosh, I hate this because like honestly, most of the the like I, I read a lot of just like African American romance novels and most of the time it's just like stuff like, I don't know, they met at a car boot sale or whatever. This just happens to be the one that is kind of a bit more like topical. Most of the time, this would have been too, normally this would have been too highbrow for me. I'd be like, I don't want anything to do with any kind of race politics. I just want pure trashy romance. But anyway, okay. in this story. I lie. I've read, I've read your Harriet Tubman fan fiction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but seriously, like I think, I think the Shut Up and Dribble thing it is, it's used a lot against. Um, black players. I know. I acknowledged it at the, be- I which at the which is, beginning. Which is, yeah, I know, but which is, which is why I just never. It's just not a rhetoric for me personally. Like, I'm happy for all people to have all of their opinions, and then I can withdraw support or streams or whatever accordingly, depending on how I feel about the particular topic or how strongly I feel about it. Because it's a spectrum for me. There's some things that I'm like, oh, absolutely never, and there's some things where I'm like, I don't like it, but I might still consume your art in some way. But I just I like I would never attend your concert, but I might stream you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it just depends. I prefer to know where I stand personally. Like, I don't like to, I don't like to see someone like in a movie and be like, oh my gosh, like he's so hot, and be like, oh no, he's so fine, and then find out that he's a Trump supporter. That just kills the vibe. Yeah, like, exactly. I'd rather so know you'd before. rather just so, not, yeah, I'd rather know rather before. Not know. No, but then if I find out afterwards, it, it's worse for me. I'd rather just know so that I just. So then I'm just like, I'm not going to... I honestly I'm feel like there should be a thing you. where if your art is deemed good enough, you should be banned from your from speaking, like, your public your opinions about certain topics. Oh, you should, shouldn't be allowed to speak about them. <laughs> because I'm not... No, I'm sorry. Right now, I think R. Kelly is the only person that I've, quote-unquote, just actually stopped. I mean, it's not like I was listening to him that much before, to be fair, anyway. But I actively don't listen to R. Kelly's stuff. Honestly, I'm not doing that with... Any, I can't do that with anybody else. I don't, like... If someone came now and told me that, like, I don't know, who's a good example? Who's my, who's Franklin. one of my favorite artists? Who? Kurt Franklin. No, Kurt Franklin's a bad. No, if Kurt Franklin's a Trump supporter, are you going to not listen to. Yeah, exactly. If why, you why, think why I'm you not think? banging no. out, you think I'm not banging out Hosanna again? You're joking. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> what? <laughs> Same way. Man, 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 on the anniversary of, of uh, January 6th, like, do you want a revolution? <laughs> tired of the Bidens giving each other? <laughs> well, that's what I mean, though. I just feel like it's better to have, I'd rather have an awareness so I know how hard I need to go for you. Because I'm not going to be like, um, so now, now Kanye's done his madness. Like, I'm not going to be like sharing a Kanye song on my Instagram stories. Like, oh, this is a vibe. Did I still oh, listen to... What if it to, is a vibe? Did I still... You know, but did I still listen to Praise God at the gym today? Yes, I did. Like, I did. I'm not going to deny that. But I'm not going to be, like, you know, like, hype. Like, I'm just not going to. So I like to have the information so that I know to, to whether to publicly support you or not. But this is the thing, Doesn't mean What, what I do it, in the privacy of my own home, like, fine. I'll tell you where I draw the line. I don't, I don't stream paedophiles songs at my home. Yeah, I think paedophile is just my line. I think anything other than that, I can probably... Like it's not give you a pot. I just I will I won't cancel your art for it. But I think Pete, no, because like, I'm I'm banging like out a, famous a, five regardless of regardless of whether Ina Ina Brighton called the dog nigger. Yeah, trust me. I'm <laughs> yeah, still gonna read famous me. five. Like it's, it's not, a bad point. Like, I'm never not gonna read famous five. Secret seven is still gonna be my jam. Like it is what. Yeah, it is. like say if someone said Roald Dahl was a racist, my my friend. I'm, I'm sorry, Matilda is a Peak. classic. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I shouldn't be robbed of art because of the trashness of the person. 
I, I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's unfair. Know. And I think also, do you know what I also think? Maybe this is going to be controversial, but I actually think it's a bit unfair to cancel someone's art because they're one person because one person is trash. It, you can't just make a song with one person or a piece of art with one person. You said, yeah. Like, say the Cosby, you said Cosby show or whatever. This is, this is like a repeating Bro, like, on, the, on, the podcast, on the podcast, Harry ranting about how you can't cancel a song because everyone else in the song has worked so hard and that okay, one fine. person is trash. Okay, we've done that. <laughs> we've had <this>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, imagine if I found out one person I made music with was trash. What? So I have to cancel, like, say I found, oh, no, I was going to say I'd be mad, but like some music I worked on and then one person's trash. And people are like, oh, boycott his music. What? No, don't boycott it. How dare you? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That was an aside. I, we... I think it really depends, though. It depends. And I think it depends on what it is. And it's just, it's very, very yeah, it depends. And also people have the right to have their feelings. Because if you've been a victim of something that's very oh, yeah, painful, absolutely. you absolutely have the right oh, to be absolutely. like, I don't want to listen to that music. And I, and I feel like that person should be cancelled. I might not feel strongly about it because I haven't been the victim of it. But yeah, if you're a victim, it. absolutely, like, have at it. At the, so speaking of pedos, um, hold on. I want to know, Tunde. Tunde, have you like? Are you um? Are, are you like you know? Have you got people that are on your no stream list because of stuff? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, Kanye's Kanye's been on my no stream list for ages. Like, time. Like, <laughs> does that include Sunday Service Choir or just Kanye? I mean, I. Don't think I'd listen. I don't think I'd go out to listen to Sunday Service Choir. So I'm not sure I'd recognize it enough. Um, yeah, no. I, I if it played, I don't know if I'd recognize it until it was afterwards. But I know that Kanye is definitely on a blocked list. So I don't know how far that extends. Oh, as in you, as in you can you've actively blocked it on. Can you on, do that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. I just like R. That's Kelly never comes off on my stuff, but I just assumed that was because he'd been taking. I thought R. Kelly had been taking off, had been taken off all streaming platforms, but he actually hasn't, which right. surprised me. Because the other day I was, I think I was on Spotify, and it, like, it, like he came up and not not in a playlist or no, he did. He came up in a playlist, and I was like, I definitely like not. It was one of those like you know like curated playlists for you, and I was like, I'm definitely never listened to him in like all the years I've been on Spotify. I was like, I did. I, so I thought the reason why I hadn't seen him come up on my playlist and stuff was because I was because he'd literally been deleted off the platform, but he's still there. Yeah, it's still Bumping there. And grinding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, for me, I have my my personal view on it is I will never be like, okay, shut up and say because there'll be some there'll be some things that are controversial to other people that aren't controversial to me that I'm like, all right, cool, let me. I, I stand in agreement with this, and I'm glad I know that this is where you stand. Um, there are some things that I'm I'm pretty much like, oh, okay, cool, this is really useful to know. Like Howard from the Halifax, at least now I know. I, I'm glad I no longer have my license with them, because <laughs> in all the Halifax association. banking with Halifax? <laughs> uh, listen, if they've got the best rates on banking with Halifax, Howard does not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The Howard thing, when you think about Howard, are you surprised though? <laughs> I, honestly, do you know why I'm all surprised? surprised? Because I just felt like Howard was just, I just thought he was just a nice guy. I just... Like a nice... Maybe, maybe, maybe I was trying to make him shut up and dribble because I just assumed, I think I right. also just assumed he didn't have that many opinions on anything. 
But I don't know why. Imagine I you came that. out on this. Like it's just such a weird thing. I think that I think no, no, it's not. It's not a weird thing because really, if you're a black person and you're trying to find your grift at the moment, oh, right true. wing is your yeah, right is your wing. Grift. It's not. Your it's not weird. Like, if piece. I was, if I was trying to make like, I'm not bigging right. myself up, but I think I'm quite. I think if I wanted to be like the next um, Candace Owens, Candace Owens, yeah, I definitely. honestly think I could. What's the, like the what's UK Candace Owens? I think I could do it. Dominic Samuels or yeah, but I, I honestly think no shade to Dominic Samuels. I think I could do a way better job than her of what she's doing. Like. I think I definitely could. If I wanted to really bang out that particular grift, I know I could do it. I know I could do it well. Do you know? But I just, I just don't do believe you know it. Like, I think it's an easier life, to be honest. Like, why? Because if you think about it, I think right wing, black right wing, like like far right wing grift is 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 an easy life because you you then don't so you you don't believe in racism. Like, as in you feel like racism doesn't exist. Or like it's, no, no, it's not really. The, let's let's let's, the let's give them let's give them let's give them a bit of credit. There is a spectrum, and that and they, I wouldn't say all of them deny that racism exists. Yeah. What I would say is it's a it's a smaller space to exist in, and there's less competition. I think yeah. you can be more mediocre. Yeah, personally. and uh, yeah, and I think you I think you can, but I, it just means that you don't have to go through your life. I don't know. You're not you aren't necessarily as worried about your interactions with white people because you feel like they're more on your side, like. All you have to worry, all you have to think about is you getting, I don't know, X out from your community, sort of. But aside from that, you just go to like, you know, you see those weddings aside and it's just from one that, black space. That's a small thing. Yeah, I know, but it's like, but you, money, you just get money, like you're just around, like you just get to where you need to get to really quickly. You get airtime, you get everything. You don't even like, I don't know. I understand why, I almost understand why they do it because it's just a calm, like, if I if I basically just didn't think racism was that deep anymore, I don't know. I feel like life would be easier. Like you see something like George Floyd, and you're like, eh. I think you're mischaracterizing this whole thing. The reason why it's a grift is because I don't think they actually believe. Some of them don't actually believe it. It's not a thing of. You don't. Do you, so do you not think you don't no. think any of them actually? Are you sure not about any that? of them? I think some of them don't believe it. Tunde, uh, back me up on this. Do you not think that some of them actually don't believe some of the stuff they say? They just do it for a grift. Yeah, I the. For me, I think there are enough people who are smart enough to know, right, this is an easy way to get the clout that I'm looking for. Like, let's let's not forget that clout is a genuine currency in these days, in these days, right? Like, you can very easily create a career for yourself by just being controversial enough. Um, but equally, I think there is the other side where there are some people whose personal lived experience means that they are more than happy to discredit other people's lived experience. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance that goes on that means that some people who have had really good experiences in their lives and they've grown up in a space where they haven't had to factor in um their race because other elements of privilege have have covered for it and therefore when they see other people complaining it's it's very difficult for them to kind of align the idea that the other elements of their life whether that's class whether that's gender whether that is um even just the privilege of proximity right the the ability to be around other people who are doing well and able to do able to support you means that it's very difficult for you to see how that couldn't also be true 
how that could not be true for other people. So mm. I, I think there is a there's a, a mix of them. There are some people who, for example, I don't think it was Candace Owens. It was the Tommy Lauren, right, who was documented having very liberal liberal views at university, and tried to get a career in it, and then on the dime switched and was suddenly the absolute opposite, completely right wing. And that made her controversial, it made her edgy, it made her different. But the problem was she didn't have the conviction to back it up. Like when she went to, she went on Trevor Noah's show, um, on The Daily Show, and and he had that conversation. And it wasn't like a, I'm here to beat you down and dismantle your arguments, but he did it with ease because there was no real conviction behind her arguments. I don't, I don't feel like she believed it enough. Mm-hmm. to really put up a fight for something that essentially was a paycheck. I mean, that's interesting. It's because I just feel like, I don't know, a lot of the people, like, I don't know, when you when you talk to people and you see what people say online and stuff, like, the at least the people they're speaking to really believe that stuff. No, like, it's they, a brand. I think, like, anything, if, you, if, you've got a, if you've got a brand, you have an online presence for your brand. And that's not might be completely different to who you actually are. And I, I, I do think eventually sometimes some people convince themselves and stuff stuff they say, but I do definitely think that there are people who go into it initially not believing it wholeheartedly, or maybe believing parts of it, but not believing some of it. So they might believe some of the, they might be like, so, you know, there's a difference between being a black person who's a conservative or who has conservative political opinions, like maybe socially or economically, and for me, and being like a right wing grifter. Because online, mm. there are black people who are conservative and they're not necessarily like, shucking and jiving when it comes to the racism so they won't call out the racism in the republic like for example i think it was what's his name oh he was head of it michael Steele. like he's not he's still a problematic person but he talked a bit about some of the racism or even colin powell like i don't think colin powell was a right-wing grifter do you know what i mean i think he was genuinely a conservative and when the Republican Copper Party started getting even, like, it was always racist, but when the whole Tea Party stuff, he kind of withdrew himself and he voted for Barack Obama twice because he was like, like, actually, I am socially, like, I am socially politically conservative, but I'm not into that stuff. And if he wanted to make a grift, he could have literally done the whole Trump thing, you know what I mean? Like, he could have signed up for it, been on board and, like, been the face of black conservatives, like, a whole diamond and silk thing. But that wasn't his genuine opinion, so he didn't do it. Whereas as some of them who like, I feel like the difference between being a conservative and actually a right wing grifter is that it's like a it's like an occupation, like a job. And so you have an online brand, you have an online presence and you do it to make money. Like I, you you might literally like have voted Democrat like four years ago. Like I think Omarosa is a good example for me personally of a right wing grift. I don't think Omarosa particularly believed some of us I don't think she was a trumper like I think if you sat her down and listened and like privately and talked to her do you, do you honestly think Omarosa is like a hundred was like a big Trump supporter and like believed all the stuff she said she's mm, she seems yeah, way too not. smart for that she's a grifter like even her husband was a democrat she got married to a democrat like she's not in it like she's a complete she's grifter but I just think that's just so uh I guess because I just maybe it's because I find that so just spineless and just I just find I just find that so distasteful like to but I mean everyone's gonna make their coin in the I know but like to shape like to be in the media and shape opinion and just say things that you genuinely don't believe for money it's just I just think that's just very very low 
And I just feel like those kind of, I honestly feel like those are some of the worst kinds of people on this earth who would just say anything for a buck. I just think that's just such a low way to make a living. Wow, that sounds like I'm really, I'm really disgusted (laughs) at that. I don't know why that's, that's, that's annoyed me so much. But anyway, um, moving on. Because we were speaking about paedophiles before. I tried to segue before, but you ruined it. Anyway. Um, wow, okay. Here's the thing. You're ruining, fact, you're ruining it. <laughs> you're ruining it. I feel like speaking of just disappointing, cele- disappointing celebrity. I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I have no thoughts either way about Leonardo DiCaprio. But also I feel like this whole pedo thing where everyone suddenly discovers that ex-celebrity is a bit of a whatever just goes to my point. But Leonardo DiCaprio is, I don't know why the topic is that he's a pedo. Isn't his girlfriend 23? 19. 19. No, okay. No, no, his so girlfriend people. is 20. His girlfriend is 23. He, there's rumors that he's dating this 19 year old. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Oh. So let's just, let's be getting our facts right here. I must say, I mean, for me, I think, is it Orlando Bloom that does the same thing, right? He just dates people in that age bracket. 20 to 25 is that Orlando Bloom I don't want to get it wrong but it's I think it's another like star who does like a similar thing where they only date people who are like quite a bit younger than them I don't know it's it's distasteful but I don't know is that is there is is it wrong or is it just distasteful or just a bit weird I find it's not see sorry my bad it's not Orlando Bloom Orlando Bloom it's not Orlando Bloom, it's someone else. See, I'm just mixing up white people. Whoa, That's my see, bad. See, this is what happens when you're a celebrity. Imagine you just catch strays. Yeah, you catch strays. See, I corrected it. I corrected it instantly. Someone on the podcast says, oh, it was, it was Nezzy. And then yeah. the next thing you know, your elliptic <laughs> alley thread, Nezzy's a I know, like, but see, that's what? why I fact check in real time. So I make sure I don't stand on anything that's not true. Poor Orlando. <laughs> I know, sorry, Orlando. Itself, like, he's just, he's just, he's just happily married to Katy Perry. You know what I'm oh, saying? Wow. They're living life. Sorry, it's just because... They all look the same. No, I'm joking. Um, wow. <laughs> no, but I, d- I don't know. But there's another star like Leo DiCaprio. I can't remember his name, but I think they do a similar thing. But that's why I'm asking. Is it... Because you see that all the time in Hollywood where someone... Like Michael Douglas dated, what, Catherine Zeta-Jones. But I guess that's a bit different because it was like 63 and 37. But they date like very much younger women. I do, th- I do think it's weird whether it's... I think... I f- I f- struggle at the 19 and and 20 if if you're still uni age and this is someone who's like leonardo dicaprio's 50 i feel like if you're what have you got in common bro (laughs) what are you talking about absolutely nothing at that point leonardo's only conversation can possibly be so have you seen what's new on tiktok these days (laughs) have you have you seen my movies right oh gosh there's there's not much else. And that for me, I think, particularly those who are just out of uni or uni age, I think it's, there is still a lot of brain and emotional development going on. Actually, pause. I'm going to slightly disagree. You know, I'm going to slightly disagree with that because oh. I'm thinking back on when I was in uni. Mm-hmm. and Or even, okay. I'm thinking back on when I was in uni and... I confessions just about to tell us that about to move. When I was out on the look for a sugar daddy, okay, yeah, he was about. No, I'm joking. Um, I was when I when I worked at my um, I worked at um, I worked for my aunt 
for a while and she is now 80. I literally spoke to a couple of like, you know, um, sorry, Harry, you know who I'm talking about. I'm sorry, sorry. Harry knows who I'm talking about. And we like spoke on the phone like, a couple of weeks ago, had a full blown like two hour conversation. She's 80. So she's like literally 50 years older than me, almost like just under 50 years older than me. Um, and when I was 19 and in uni, there were definitely, like, I worked with her for a and we definitely had, like, regular conversations, talked about a bunch of stuff. It's 100% possible as a 19-year-old to have a good conversation with somebody in their 50s. Because you might have, you might actually have quite a few things in common that are not necessarily, like, okay, like, maybe not social, people who follow on social media, but you might be, have similar interests in, like, a hobby or um, you might be really into philosophy or... You might really be into, I don't know, golf or some or like jazz music or something. Like you, you might actually have lots of things in common. So I feel like, in a way, there's a there's a way to talk about this without being ageist. And I feel like if we're if we're being honest and saying that people who are nineteen don't have anything in common, people who are fifty, I just don't think that's a blanket statement I can make. Well, However, but hold on, where where I was at right is mm-hmm. particularly the nineteen to twenty one right. In that space, I feel there is still a lot of... Yes, Ella. There's still a lot of (laughs) emotional and mental development that needs to happen. And for me, there is an element of, at 50, particularly when you're getting into those ages where you are more than double their age, you are aware of this, aware of the immaturity, aware of the naivety, um that comes with trying to date someone that age and you're more able to take advantage of it. Now, I'm not going to assume that that's what he's doing or what anyone who has an age gap like that or tries to date that age are doing, but those are the questions that come up for me. I'm not saying... Isn't that slightly different, though? Because I, I agree with you, but I think it's not less about... Because you t- you talked about having things... What do you have to talk about with a 19-year-old? I mean, Harry says... Me, it's different... Oh, Harry said that, sorry. Harry said, what do you have to talk about with a 19-year-old? I think that that's a different conversation to, is it, a, like, are you in a position of inappropriate power with a 19-year-old, emotionally and mentally? And I think that's the, I think that's the crux of the issue. Yeah, I completely agree. I, he, yeah, even when you get to, like, 25 plus, if you're still looking at more than double their age, there is a question of the the different power dynamics in it, but there is a lot more agency I would give to a 25-year-old than I would to a 19 to 21-year-old. That's not to say that they don't know what they're doing or they couldn't be capable of knowing what they're doing. It's very possible, but there are definitely more question marks when they're that age and the age gap is that much. And I guess playing devil's advocate, like someone would say but you have 19 year olds who are extremely mature and 25 year olds who are extremely immature and for all we know that that's a very mature 19 year old who is akin to some other 25 year olds so is the age really the problem or is the maturity to which i would also say you know what we call pedophilia is really quite arbitrary if you think about it like it's like what we define as like we a 14 year old with a with a 30 year old like that person's a pedophile right because we consider a 14 year old to be a child that mm-hmm. is that is a just like that's i guess that's a societal like cultural decision that we've we've come to mm. in some in some places and cultures for example a 15 year old 
and a 25 year old 20 or like 21 year old that's not seen necessarily as inappropriate because depend like I mean like or like you know like 150 years ago that's not necessarily a 15 year old or 21 year old is not seen as inappropriate now a 15 year old if I if a 15 year old comes to me and practices his own relationship with you know a 22 year old I'm probably going to report that if I was at work if I was working in a place of work where we worked with children and that happened we'd be like mm, that's not appropriate but, but yeah, again, no, absolutely, is, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm what I'm saying is that everyone's gonna have a different kind of. I I personally, for me, like until the age of twenty five, your frontal lobe is not fully developed yet. So scientifically, for most people, like your 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 ability to make decisions and to reason, or whatever, is not fully developed until you're past the age of twenty five. So for me, under that age, anyone who is into their thirties, forties, dealing with that age group younger than 25s i personally have questions about me personally that's just me i mean i don't have questions because i just don't care about them like i mean i because I, I, I i'm trying to relate it to like real life i know people that's done 10 years difference or eight years or whatever and it's not like they don't have stuff in like of course you have things in common like i'm a, i don't know i'm a i'm a big man but, but what you're saying is 10 years, eight years, right? That for Leonardo DiCaprio is him dating a 40-year-old. Yeah, it's true. Nobody 20 is... 20-year-old is mad. 23-year-old is mad. It's just mad. I'm, I'm just trying to think if I got to 50 and my friend was dating, it, I'd just be like, bro, that's what, bro. Don't, that's so mad. Because I can't even say, like, it's not wrong. It's just weird. It is. and and Because it, it reminded... <laughs> when I saw the... It's wrong. No, it's not wrong because it's they're, it they're legal. Like the the twenty three year old is a consenting. Adult. And legality isn't the marker of morality for me. Oh, so but it's no, but it's, wrong. But it's I not, don't care if it's legal. But is it immoral though? I'm it's not cutting. Immoral. I am cut. Yes, to me, to me, it is. What? And I'm cutting you off. If you're my cutting someone off. Like, yeah, what? If I knew a fifty five year old man who was dating a twenty two year old, twenty three year old. Now you're increasing. Fifty year old, sorry, I don't know. Whatever, Leonardo, fifty year old. If I had a fifty year old talking to a nineteen year old, I'm cutting. Well, wait, wait, but you, okay, but this is what I'm saying. I'm disputing the nineteen thing. The nineteen thing, I understand. Twenty three, I'm like, technically, you're you're like, you're not a teenager now. You're I don't adult. like it. You, yeah, you might not like it, but is it something to really say? Yes, it's that's wrong to wrong. me, and that's why I said it's, That's why I said. Ah, that's why I said. Know. That's why I said it's all about cultural, social, moral, blah blah but, but blah, blah, blah. Okay, but in some okay, cultures, is, a sixteen year old, twenty five year old is fine. I don't think it's, a, a, I, I, I might get cancelled for this, but on record, I don't actually think, I don't think that makes you a present or that makes it wrong. I think 19 is, I don't think 23 is because like, say if what's someone, a, if, a, someone if someone's 70. What's the difference? No, because I'm what's saying. What's the big difference in 19 and 23 to you? I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to understand. Like, what I, is don't know, I just think teenage, I just think if you're dating a teenager, that's wrong. As a big man, you can't be dating a teenager. Okay, what if is you, that 20? If you're dating a 23 year old, I don't like it. But can I say you're wrong for it? I could just say I don't like it. Oh, so you're saying if they, if they date someone 20? I mean, yeah. in, in fairness, if one of my friends was a 50-year-old and was dating a 20-year-old, I would just think he's a wrong one. That's my personal thing. Oh, so I guess I am the same. No, it's just, okay, it's just so because, it's just okay, because okay, so let's I think a, the word wrong is just is fine. Let's take a poll. You have, we're all 50, right? And we've got a male friend, right? And they're dating a 
19-year-old. I think it's... No, I'm, no, no. 19 is done. Done. It's done. It's done. Okay, Tunde, are you, are you cancelling this person? Are you, like, distancing yourself from this person? I, I think I'd have to, yeah, because bear in mind, at 50, um, I will have a child who is likely to be around that age as well. Oh! Exactly. Your child should be dating them, but instead your friend Correct. is. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. And the <laughs> questions that that one raises, I'm like, hold on a minute. Is... Is my child safe? If 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 I bring you around to my child's birthday party, you know what I'm saying? You can be looking you, at them too. You, mm, yeah, nah, nah. I could, we could. It it can be for other people. Feel free to find your circle, but it can't be mine. Yeah, no, sir. You better find that just the age gap circle <laughs> of friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so are you continuing the poll? Yeah, go ahead. Are um, you cancelling your 50-year-old friend? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just, yeah. It's just wrong. I'm so, Nah, you can't do that, bro. You can't find someone your own age. Imagine. We're that. going some. Ah, oh, like, the thing is, I don't even drink. But what? Imagine? We're You're going, we're going somewhere in the US and they can't drink, but you can. Get out of here, man. Hello, oh, hold on. You can, that could be checked. like a 25 and a 21-year-old or 20-year-old. Huh? What's that? That could be a twenty-five and a twenty-year-old. Yeah, I know, but then they can drink. Yeah, I know, drink. but but you've been drinking. But I mean, listen, you've been drinking for like thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> you've got alcoholic liver disease, and they, they've saying? got a brand new, a brand new liver. Their liver's fresh. You've got liver disease. <laughs> Imagine going to imagine going to like a a. a What's what's the word called when you when you do your wedding abroad? What destination wedding? Destination wedding, and at check in, you're there like, oh, is your daughter going to be sitting with you? Ah, oh, oh, bro, that's what I'm saying. You see um, that? Because okay. I remember. Do you know what? there was a funny moment? Because I remember <laughs> I was at church, yeah, and one of my one of the young like she's like she's a friend of mine, but she's she's a younger to me. Like I've known her since she was small, small. So I must have been in church. We were just talking. And then, so these, this couple came in who were doing the service or whatever. And like, um, and this, the girl who is young and she looks like she's young. She's like 19. And so they walk into church and like, oh, hey, they're, they're like, oh, how'd you get married? Congratulations. They're like, is this your wife? I was like, no. Mouse in there. And they were like, oh my God, thank God. They were like, they were like <laughs> what were we going to say? Like, she's a bit young, bro. Like, what's going on? And that's, that is 30 to 19. <laughs> So fifty. The thing is, I think I would cancel them out of the friend out of even just sheer embarrassment. I can't be associated with you. Imagine we want to go on a couples trip. Oh, and you're there. Oh. No, I'm just too embarrassed to be around you. <laughs> like, just That's on a exactly embarrassment level, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. We've all come to the same conclusion. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just it's just because it it's like is. you know when you talk about the morality, it's like. Because people talk about the age gap and like, what's the right one? I don't know. I can't even, I couldn't even say, but I feel like there's like a sliding scale and it just depends. But I feel like to be dating someone who's like 19, 20, 21, you want to be in that 25, 26, like. So, so for me, I think where the age gap becomes less of a factor is when we're looking at the 25s, 30s, 35s, because by that point, who knows, they may have had other failed relationships they are more aware of what they want yeah who knows what their history could have been but at that point 
they have sufficient agency for you to be like, okay, this is a decision that is being made fully aware of the. Yeah. I think this is about agency. Dynamics. Is that what you? I think it's about I think it's about emotional maturity and being able to um as I said in terms of your frontal lobe being developed, being able to make some rational decisions. I, I, I just think so for example, like a 30-year-old with a 60-year-old is gross to me, but at the same time, as someone who's you know in their early like you know, early 30s, if I dated a 60-year-old could I be manipulated? Yes, but I don't think like I don't know if I can necessarily put that down to youth. It's less likely. Does that make sense? It's less likely to be down to youth and more likely to be down to my, my personal like maturity. I think, um, but I I just think it's still weird to me. But I, I don't. I, it wouldn't be more. It wouldn't be wrong. It would just be a bit gross. And I still think sixty-year-old men who go after like thirty-year-old women are predatory to me. And I still. I'm not going to be like if I'm when I get to sixty and if I sit to your male friend who's going after thirty year old women, I'm I'm still going to distance myself. I find it disgusting. I just find it weird when people, especially when men, go for women who are significantly younger, younger than them. I just find it gross, and that's you know that's not like I just don't like it, and that's my personal thing. That's not something I can say should be the same for everyone. I don't like it, but for me, nineteen and fifty is wrong. Thirty and sixty is gross. Maybe not morally wrong, but it's just weird. It gives me weird vibes, and I think you're a weird guy, and I don't really want to be around you. But it's not necessarily wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it. You're a weird guy. That's it. You're a weird guy, <laughs> and I don't like guy. it. And so I personally don't want to be you. But when it's fifty and nineteen, you're not just a weird guy. You're now like you can't be in a room alone with my kids because I find you like I, I'm. I find you suspect. Does that make sense? Like I find you as a suspect person. Yeah, that's I, how I feel. And I was. I can't remember whether it was a tweet or a, like a post on Insta or something that spoke about um, communities online. There's YouTube communities online talking about red pilling men, particularly in their 40s and 50s, to get them uh, talking about them in their 40s and 50s entering. Sorry, I got I got a very dramatic young man here. Woo! Entering their prime. From a sexual sexual prime, um, and then needing to make sure that they are with people who are younger with fresher eggs, and I think that's what the post said, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and the problem is, I think it's linked to the the growth of the incel community. We talk about <laughs> it affecting young boys and and uh, teenagers, but actually the impact of this is going to be felt across the board as more and more people feel like growing into the, that influencer role mm. that means they can sell people on the idea of actually it is your right to have these younger attractive women um, be looking at you and it is your right to go after them in the first place because they yeah, you're, you're entering your prime. And your prime apparently ranges from any point from 17 to 60 because every one of these different influencers is finding a space and being able to uh, sell this to men. So you're more... saying for men in their prime at 60? 
I wish I could find I'm going to see if I can find it before the end of the... The only man who will be in his private 60 is Morris Chestnut. Chestnut. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I That's the, the that is the only sixty year old man apart from my husband who could have a shot at me. Oh, Anybody wow. else, you can absolutely forget it. What a shout! Because you know, I mean, you my to the podcast. 60, don't lie. You don't have to say that I mean, just because like... you listen to the podcast. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my husband no knows that. My, in hus- terms of... my husband, you are the <laughs> one and only from today until you are sixty. I promise you, unless you're Morris Chestnut, no one. Else... <laughs> No, my husband knows that he is number one in my life, in my heart. He's the sexiest man in the world to me. And then number two is Morris Chestnut. Understood. It's understandable. Morris Chestnut is a very good looking, very good looking man. I'm a Michael Ely man myself, but I hear it. Moving on. Can you stop doing this? It's so <laughs> weird when you do this. Weird? Why is that weird? Please explain yourself. When you say I'm a Michael Ely man. What's the What's the problem? Okay, fine. Right, exactly. Do not try. Do not try and make me. Do not try and get me in trouble with the LGBT community today. Do not even. If you know, if you I just hope everyone's eating how he tried to get me in trouble. It's not happening. You know, you know. This is the thing. And if someone was that way inclined, they could have already cancelled you, even just for that. But it's okay. It's not because. Oh my gosh! I'll, I'll move on. I'll move if on, Harry I'll move on. is that way inclined, I'll, I'll I'm move, just not informed I about will. it. And if this is, this is no, his way of because. letting me know that he's that way inclined, <laughs> then I'm. I love him for entirely. <laughs> She's all the members of the alphabet that he is. Listen to her backpedaling. Oh, I'm backpedaling. <laughs> if you are, if you are part of that community, then this is a weird way to let me know. But it's fine. But I, I'm talking as somebody who previously didn't know that you were part of that community. That's all. I'm Prank, 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 prank. Look, so, sorry. <laughs> but, no, but okay. I actually want to start. I just want to stay on it for a, for a second. Tunde, yes. Is it weird to find? Is it weird to be able to say other men are attractive? Not at all. Okay. Well, no, I guess that was. That, I guess that no, was quick. Completely. No. I guess that was quick. <laughs> Wasn't Hold it? on. No one said it's weird to be able to say that other men are attractive. It's absolutely it? not weird to say. So, that. What, so what's it's your not, It's absolutely not weird to be able to say. No. <laughs> There's a difference between saying. <laughs> Other men are attractive and saying I'm a Michael Ely man myself. What's wrong with saying that? <laughs> that, that is that is the reason not trying like it's the They're same pierced. thing. No, it is. I find loads of other women attractive. I find loads of other women attractive, but that's, that's not the same thing. You just you're caught up on phrasing, and it's it's okay. Fine. It's, it's something is it's okay. Don't worry. Harry, you'll, I you'll grow from you'll grow from this. You'll learn from this. And it's okay. The most you'll important thing to take away from grow. is that is that you're quite colorist because Morris Chestnut is clearly more. <laughs> 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 let's let's wow. let's let's move it away from this back. and back to the fact that Harry is colorist. She got me back. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! It's phenomenal. Do you know what I learned from both of from both of those exchanges? <laughs> that both of you should probably shut up and continue the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> up when you let your opinions out. It's you know, true. You're a bit cancelling. Shut up and podcast. Okay, moving on. Yeah, so is this? I don't know if this story has really been confirmed. Confirmed, but there was a story going around that a bus driver. <laughs> Was he was driving his bus? I assume it's South London because I haven't even checked. Yes, it was South London. See, do you know? I of didn't even have South to. <laughs> I haven't even read the story fully, and I just thought this guy's from South London. He has to be from South London, and yes, it's in South London. God, bless um, that <laughs> and basically he got off, 
and uh, he bought plantain. He was in the middle of his in the, in the middle of his. Do you know whether he was Caribbean or African? Because that would really influence the pronunciation of that. Ah, uh, that's true. I don't know. It's, well, it's his not, mother it's called not, him plantain, so I'm going to call him plantain. It's it's not it. it's not clear. Although, <laughs> may I just say, this is the thing, right? So I'm I'm looking at this. This is a news article. It spoke about on the Poor Decision Show. I don't even know what the Poor Decision. Oh, it's just a podcast. It's just a podcast. Wait. The same okay. way you haven't heard of them, they haven't heard of us. No, no, no. That's that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but can I just say, is that is that what's going on now? Like, what people are just doing articles from podcasts. Like, why, why should tell? We're we're a reputable source of information. Bro, why it's on the mirror. It's on that? the mirror. We so, and is it, reputable sorry, I mean information. I would just like to be, <laughs> like. Is the mirror considered to be highbrow? I don't know. It's no, no, it's not, no, it's not high. It's not highbrow. It's, it's not it's like, like the Guardian. Are people literally sitting there listening to podcasts and then making news stories based yeah, off like I mean, little anecdotes? What's like, next? Free shots. They're like they're doing some sort of like ah, oh, this guy, he ran out of the girls. <laughs> allegedly, a, a I don't know a, a young <laughs> black man from South London ran out the room of a of a young lady. What like what? Where does it stop? <laughs> Is that a news article anyway? No, but. I'm oh, sorry. I'm trying to mute. I'm trying to mute every time Emma starts talking. I'm failing. That's okay. Um, yeah, he's quite nice in the background. Um, we've got articles being written about tweets. Like, you remember the articles that were written in multiple publications about Prince Harry turning to Shansia's music during during uh, the tough times? This is true. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, this... If anything, this is a higher standard. This has at least been verified as something that was said. Dude, this is like eyewitness, an eyewitness account. I mean, yeah, but anyway, sorry. It's just, that's not even the point. But it's just funny to me. But I guess... And really, Harry's prejudice is coming to the forefront again. So just because a black woman gives an eyewitness account... Oh, my God! <laughs> it's not reputable. But if you stop Paul or Pete down the road, who gave an eyewitness account of a crime, is that not... Rep- could a do, crime? Could it's not a crime? Wow, your prejudice has dropped out. Why is the black man doing <laughs> First of all, I think you'll find that a bus driver stopping outside of their bus lane. No, don't try it. Turn off the engine. I'm pretty sure this is sad. No, it would have been on a yellow line. Because there is no way that there is no there is no <laughs> shop that sells planting that has a big enough parking bay for uh, a bus outside. So almost okay. definitely a crime First of all, you're not thinking big enough, Nezzy. All they have to do is stop at the bus stop. I'm thinking down and way right now. Down and <laughs> way. You stop at the bus stop. There's a shop right behind the bus stop. Big one thing, two twos. You're there. This bus is on diversion. <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, yeah, the little button. <laughs> I don't know. So I guess the question is, what, what food would you... Is there food that you would lose your job over? You'd risk your job for? Not lose, but risk it. Risk it, mm-hmm. risk it. I can't like Bunton's up there, you know? Mm, no, there. but that's, no. Would you though? Because he's not going to buy it. I don't think he was going to buy, I think he was buying raw planting. He's not buying. Oh uh, no, it'd have to be cooked. Yeah. That's yeah. Because like, I'm not, I'm not risking my job for raw planting. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but to be fair, once, once you get fired, once you get fired, you've got plenty of time to cook it. 
to cook it. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, the price, the way the prices are going up these days, it's fair enough. I mean, up here it's not too bad. I think it's a shot down or is it three for a pound? I mean, it's like it's bad, but it's not. Yeah, it's quite steady. That's not been affected by inflation. If it's still three for a pound. I mean, I'm sure um, it, was, it, was, it might have been a bit cheaper before though. No, it was back back in the day it was cheaper. It's like four for a pound. But I mean, in the past few years, it's always been three for a pound. Mm. Um, I what food would I risk? I really like a good mac and cheese, like a good macaroni pie. Which I mean, because I'm lactose intolerant, and I also <laughs> fluctuate. Uh, some years I try to be vegan, but often imagine not. you lose your I job. Get, I love a good macaroni pie. <laughs> um, yeah, would I risk it for that? What else would I risk it for? I risk for jollof, to be honest. Oh, like a good, and also like a good, um, like a good cake. Like a good, like a cake. really good cake. cake. Yeah, I love Common cake. cake. I love cake. Cake? I love cake. <laughs> <You know what laughs> <I'm saying? laughs> yeah. Oh, but it depends though. I love like cake. That, a, a really nice, a really nice sponge cake. Nah, you know what? I'm reporting both of you. Today. Not sponge, but also and also like a general, you know, like a good like like a good Caribbean meal, like a whole meal where it's like the rice and peas, the macaroni pie, the coleslaw, Aki. oh, like so the ackee, like I like it, like or, or, or jerkfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like oh, just like a good like like a plate. I would, yeah. Yeah. So you know that you know like, the there's rice and peas that I had at my friend's wedding. Our friends. When you remember when um. Oh, I can't say the name of the podcast when they got married. That rice and peas is one of the best rice and peas I've ever tasted. Oh, like, yes, I know which one you're talking about. So good, crazy, like crazy. That was one of the best rice and peas ever. Yeah, I remember there's one wedding I actually went up to get to get seconds. That's how good it was. Like, yeah. I don't think I've ever had seconds at a wedding since. That's the only wedding I've ever had seconds at. Like, what, what did you get? Well, I guess everyone's was different. You have buffet, or did people come to? I guess my wedding was people came to tables, but it was t- it was tiny. Tunde, what was your wedding like? Did the, did people come to tables? Or did my you... wedding was a pandemic wedding. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> that. So we we had to sit down. Um, although actually, we're still going to be doing our traditional wedding. This How year. is it still? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, oh, I love that. That's yeah. lovely. And this is a message specifically to Wahala on ESM podcast. I know you don't listen, but if Stav does, he can pass on the message. It's officially going to be official. So Kunle can stop trying to lay claim to my wife. <laughs> I do not what? have context okay, for what's going on there, but... So context <laughs> being, um, obviously the white wedding, we did that and that's nice and all good. But without the traditional wedding... Oh, it's not 100% like certified. Uh, right, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, okay, got you, got you, got you. Yeah. Um, I hear that. So... And I like I like that because why should the traditional wedding not be as respected as the exactly the white wedding? I mean, I kind of feel like to be honest, the traditional wedding is the is the thing, right? Like if you done it that way, then you're married. Whichever, like whatever culture you come from, whatever counts as a wedding in your culture, or whatever you guys define it as, that's when you're that's when you're married. Mm. But I, I mean, however, I would say to just shout out to the woman. Do not be fooled by this. Yes, do it's not true. Be, do not be fooled by this because Get I have the seen this. Get the I have seen this. I have seen. Um, let me not before I get cancelled again. Don't do that. Certain don't certain that. groups. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I have seen con women by offering them a traditional wedding 
when they are absolutely not legally married and they have absolutely no legal basis. So they have a traditional wedding. They're like, oh no, don't like, don't, you know, it's fine. We're, we're actually married. You are not legally married <laughs> until you have a legal <laughs> wedding My where friend, you sign get your something. Papers. Do not get your papers. Like, do not be <laughs> conned into someone giving you a traditional wedding. Like, just do not. The Yoruba, innit? I, I didn't want to say that because <laughs> I've already got a reputation for having something Wait, against Yoruba men. Tunde, so I'm not going to say yeah. anything. Is that, that's your people, right? That's my people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just wanted to double check. Yeah. So Tunde can say whatever he likes about your people. Yeah. I personally am not allowed to. Because I did my DNA test and actually I think, what was our like? Yeah, our Nigerian um, cousin was, was Ibo. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think I'm allowed to speak on it, but you're the people. Ugh, listen. So, Sunday, I have a question. I have a question. It's a sure. sort of like an ignorant question. I, so I've, this is what I've always done. Like when people, when I've tried to work out like where people in Nigeria are from, mm-hmm. I've always been like, if I feel like they're quite like loud and quite talkative and quite short, like that kind of vibe. I'd be like, you're Yoruba. And I feel like if you're a bit more reserved, a bit more chilled out, a bit relaxed, I'm like, oh, you're Ibo. I know that's very, like, obviously very... I, I just know, go by the name. Super, the super name's stereotypical. Obvious, like... But is that is that kind of... Is that like a 60-40, it's going to be right? Mm, nah, you've got troublemakers in all, in all elements. You said troublemakers. <laughs> for the Yoruba, what you want to do is... Kind of this, you know, the little flow charts. It's like, uh, oh, are you da da da? Yeah. So, are they hanging around in a club on a uni night? Probably Yoruba. Wait, why is that? <laughs> why is that? What's the? Why is that a difference? It's it's a it's, oh, it's just a thing. It's a weird. The uncles. It's it's it's. God touch. Hey, lovely, <laughs> lovely. Let me talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Um. The Igbo men, I think they're more likely to be in the more wealthy spaces, trying to they'll 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 charm you with money. A Yoruba man is more likely to try to charm you with his tongue. And you know what? That do you know what that's so funny is because I <laughs> I was talking. There was a guy that I was I wasn't talking to him, but he kind of well, he kind of had a little vibe, and then he I think. Our friend, mutual friend, who um, me and Harry both know, is Ibo. And he said to me, oh, be careful of this Yoruba man because blah, blah, blah. And then um, the Yoruba guy was like, don't ever listen to anything Ibo man tells you because they always have lots of money, but they're, they're stingy. He's like, Ibo and they're stingy. Big and I was like, oh. I up and say that to any of my Ibo people then. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, so yeah? I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. That is very interesting. I don't know this, but that's, that was always my, that was always my thing. But I, I feel like my. But it's I, easy to tell from people's names. I don't think you need to tell me their name. Oh, what's the? What's the... Whether... Yeah, because Ibo names are things like Chukwu and, um, oh. like all those names are Ibo names, and then like Ade, not Ade. Yeah, I'm, I'm correct, right? Like Ade or yeah. Ad- uh, Olua, Femi yeah. or like Ayo. Ayo, yeah. Those names are like Yoruba names. Oh, yeah. see, I didn't know. Yeah, Emeka, Amaka, all those names are like Yoruba names. Wow, learn something new every day. Nigerians, eh? Wow, you're not good oh, at rich culture, forming, innit? are you? Huh? <laughs> I said you're not good at pattern forming. <laughs> no, 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 but I just never. Like, how many Nigerians have you met? You don't pick up on patterns of names. No, but the thing is, I, well, this is the thing. This is how ignorant I am. I'm a Jamaican. This is how ignorant I am. I'm like, I can at least, 
I stopped it just being able to tell the difference between Nigeria and Ghana. So I was like, all right, Kofi, oh yeah, you're Ghanaian. Like, and then like, Ochuku or whatever, yeah, you're Nigerian. That's what I got to. But I also, Ghanaians and Nigerians to me look very different. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, not all the time, but often. Sometimes, yeah, to me, sometimes. They just look they look. Like, I, can look, I can literally look at a man and be like, that's a Ghanaian, like quite often. Yeah, if you're looking at him from behind. Ghana man, really nice. I I like a man with a bit of a a firm, round tushy. I think it's nice. Oh, oh, come on, husband. (laughs) (laughs) All right, mate. (laughs) I can't say his name, can I? I'm going to have to cut that out. No, you can't can't say his name. I've got to cut it out. Damn it. Not me making a mistake. Shambles. Do you know what I've realised? I feel like stereotypes, I really, I feel, do you feel like, you know, people say there's a grain of truth to every, to every stereotype. Do you, do you think that's true or is it not true? Mm, not to every, some of them, yeah. Like, some, to be honest, to some of them there are, is a grain of truth. Not all of them. Some of them are complete nonsense. But there are, there are a couple where I'm just like, mm-hmm. Because it's just like, when I think about some of these, it's just like, you know, when it talks about, like, one of the things I just saw one of my friends tweeted this, but someone said like, um, I don't know, I guess it's not really a stereotype. It's more like a cultural thing, but like someone posted like, let's get this egg, the most liked photo on Twitter. And then someone put, send this to Ghani on Twitter. Correct. Yeah. But that's not, is that a stereotype? I feel like Ghanaians don't even see that as a negative stereotype. It's no, just no, their food. It's like I always saying, find it funny. Yeah. I used to go saying, to, I don't know. Cat, like Jamaicans and jerk. It's yeah, just like, I know. there's a particular egg. church I used to like, go to. It's because I never understood it. I didn't really. I was like, why is there an egg in this stew, brother? It's always confused. I was like, I saw the stew, <laughs> like, oh, cool stew. And I just saw an egg in it. I'm like, why is there an egg here? <laughs> you don't like eggs. Like, yeah, I don't like eggs. Like so that's why it, it, it didn't work. It doesn't, it does not, um, it does not work for me. Whereas I love eggs and I'm 15% Ghanaian according to my ancestry DNA oh you're 15% and you see that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, exactly well no but I had I have the same no no yeah you have the same (laughs) I have the same DNA you got the Igbo genes oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so wait what are some like what are some today what are like some cult like some very things that are like I guess different I know you mentioned like some of the other stuff but like actual cultural differences cultural differences between Yoruba people and Ibo people? Uh, so I think some of the more obvious ones tends to come out around marriage. So um, Yoruba people, we will, um, like we tend to, either, it's like a little nod or a bow to elders and parents that isn't yeah. done in Ibo land or like other parts of non-Yoruba Africa. Mm. So hold on, the whole prostrating yourself thing, is that That's a Yoruba me. thing solely? Huh? Yeah, Yoruba. Oh, it's not oh, Ibo. I, I, I had no that. idea that Ibos didn't do that as well. Okay, that's really good to know. That's interesting. No, so Ibos have... What about, what about people who are like Hausa, Hausa Falani? Do they do that kind of stuff? But they're like more Muslim. They, I don't know if that's more influenced by... I know a lot of Yoruba people are, are Muslim as well, but I know Hausa Falani, they're predominantly Muslim, right? Am I correct? Yes, yes, because they're more Northern. Yeah. Um. Uh, Honestly, I'm less familiar, but it's definitely not the same. Again, I need to stop the notifications on this machine because they're loud and it turned off on the last recording. Um, yeah, no, I, I 
don't know as much about Hausa and Fulani um, and the other, because I, I feel like we always get checked on this, the other ethnic groups in Nigeria because they're... Yeah, yeah. Is it like Edo? Edo? No, that's not wrong. Ibibo, Edo. Edo, Edo that's Ibibo right. Ibibo or Bibio. I can't remember what it's called, but I, there's there's quite a few, right? The ones that people normally know of are the um, Aosas, the Ibos, the, the Yorubas. But, yeah, there's a there's a rich set of cultures across Nigeria impacted, obviously, by the fact that when the colonial powers decided to come into Africa, they drew their arbitrary lines and divided ethnic mm-hmm. cultures. Into so imaginary. Like, it's the reason why places like, um, yeah, like Togo, Ivory Coast, they've also got Yoruba tribes in them as well. Um, so that's funny because that's part of our, my ancestry thing was like Benin, Togo. So actually that could all actually just be like... Yoruba. See, I could all be Yoruba. I can't lie. I didn't even know. I didn't even know this. Yeah. I didn't know that there were Yorubas outside of. This is why the whole colonial thing is just mad. Yeah, like, how like, can you just be like, "Oh yeah, this is this is the line," yeah. but this line doesn't make sense because there are people from who speak that language and are from that tribe. So but just, Emmanuel Adebayor, he has a Yoruba surname. Yeah, but he was Togolese. Yeah, it's Togo, Togo, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. I also didn't know that House of People were the largest ethnic group in Nigeria. I actually didn't know that. I thought it was Yoruba, to be honest. But I just made that no, up. Just, you know the Yorubas are just like the Jamaicans of... of that's like, what I always saw them as. I saw them of, as the Jamaicans um, of Nigeria. They are, because they're just loud and they take up space, but it doesn't mean that there's more of them. <laughs> that's what I just they're the like same us. as Jamaicans. You put Jamaicans, and it's, just, it's a stereotype, but it's also a truth. Yes, if you put true. Jamaicans in a space, even if there are three, and the room is 20 people, Jamaicans will take up a lot of space in that room. Like, and... Not all the time. They're obviously quiet Jamaicans. There's introverted Jamaicans, but like culturally, I don't know what it is. Jamaicans take up a lot of space. Yeah, what is, is it? Why are Jamaicans? It's a stereotype, just... but it's a. I think it's it is. A, and I think Yoruba people are very similar, which is why it's funny that there's beef because really, Yoruba people and Jamaican people, are, yeah, there's similarities. There. Every I time I meet that. someone who's Yoruba, I just I see the Jamaican like just the just the self belief, the confidence, like just the pride. Yeah, it's, and that's your pride. it's even things like where I just assume everyone's Jamaican. Why would I assume you're Jamaican? It doesn't even make sense why I assume it, but there's just people I walk up and I just assume you're Jamaican because I just get a vibe. I might get a vibe. And quite a lot of the time I'm actually correct, but it's like, why do I even just, why do I just assume you're. Growing up, people didn't think I was Jamaican. Yeah, that's because your name is Fon. They Ash- always Ash- thought. Ali. No, 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 no. They didn't think I was Nigerian. And so they thought I was from another Caribbean island. Like, a, they would be like, oh, I thought you were from a small island. <laughs> but I that, just think... Even no, that phrase. Which is, which, is supposed to be, which is supposed to be an insult. I didn't take it as that. But I think it was just because they expected me to be bashy and yardy and I wasn't. So they just assumed I was not... Yeah, they're like, you're not raucous. You must be from somewhere else. Like, I wasn't doing Paso Paso. So, yeah. Okay, so oh, we're moving. Sorry, I got, I got distracted by this whole conversation. But there's one thing I did want to do. So to be fair, I don't really know the demographics as much of this podcast completely. Like, and I should probably should look into it, but I wanted to do like a, a bit of a career guidance thing. So at work, this was like, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago anyway, I was talking to some like, stu- like they were, they were students or they weren't students anymore. They just graduated. They were just getting into the world of work. And so it was like kind of an early careers program. And I was telling them about 
what it's like to be black in the workplace, essentially. And and like now when I speak to people who are like, like 19, 20, 21, 22, those kind of ages where they might just be leaving uni ready to get into the workplace or they're just starting uni or whatever it is. Like I kind of speak to them about the different things you can expect to see as a black person in the workplace. And I start, and I start to think about what things would I want to be, have been told before I entered into the workplace. So I actually feel like what I would say, kudos to my parents. I feel like they did a good job in preparing me. Well, partly them, but also partly going to a white school also trained me because from then I was just like, ah, I know what's going to be. I feel like I know what it's going to be like, but they kind of taught me. So there were a couple of things they said to me. One thing is like, don't, don't check your business in the workplace because you might think these people are your friend, but they're not your friend. That's one thing they said to me that always kind of rankled in my head. Um, to be fair, they also said, sorry, white people listening. They said, don't trust white people. And I understand why they said, <laughs> I understand why they said it because I've seen it many a time. Um, and I, you know, it's a generalization, but obviously like, and I, I from the, some of the situations I've seen, especially like some white women can, can just be very like it, the stuff that happens at workplaces, especially in management and stuff. I've seen some really bad situations. Um, but I guess my question to you guys would be what kind of things would you, if, if someone was here now and they were like early doors, early careers, they're like, just getting into their career. What things would you, you tell them as a black person, I guess as a black person, but just even as a, someone in the workplace, as a black person, you want to get ahead let's say, or just things to watch out for, what would you say to them? Or what lessons have you learned? So, so I, I, the reason why I brought this back up was because I actually had a, uh, two of the boys that I've mentored since they were at uni and they're now two years into their careers. And they were around my house um, before we started recording. And honestly, I think one of the first things is the importance of your personal brand because this is something that I think partly I was was built from our days at school and recognizing actually your reputation matters is not as is not enough to just be like oh look I'm just gonna be who I am and and yeah everyone can deal with that you need to think about what people say about you when you're not in the room and that comes down to the way you work as well as the quality of it. So the the idea of, oh, look, yeah, I'm going to, I'm not going to spend too much time caring about what people think about me, I, especially in this um, hybrid working world where you don't necessarily have that in-person reputation to build as well. So your quality of your work is actually going to speak so much louder for you. And and for me, I think one of the most important things I've had to stress to them is even if you decide that a particular job or a workplace is no longer for you, you want to make sure that you are leaving it with a reputation that says, this is someone we are sad to lose. And, and that, however you do that, whether it's because you've got a... Um, good set of personal relationships to go with your work, whether it's just that your work is of such high quality that you are someone that they should be desperate to want to keep. Um, but that should be your priority. Create that brand. That means when you choose to leave the place, because I think we all will, nobody is staying 
doing one one job careers anymore. But when you choose to leave, it should be a decision that the company feels bad about. Mm. I hear that. Nezi? Um, I would say... Hmm, people always remember how you make them feel. And so I would say when you're in the workplace um try to like focus as much you know focus on your work but focus on how you make the people around you and your team your colleagues whatever your clients how you make them feel um and what I think matters is the kind of attention to details so notice things about people's body language notice things that be and I think as black people especially you are actually kind of as part of growing up in a majority white country and in white spaces especially if you you've grown up in majority white spaces or you end up working in majority white spaces you're actually already probably quite acutely attuned to people's body languages and facial expressions in a way that can sometimes actually be a bit not unhealthy but it is more to do with like trauma I guess like a kind of heightened response but it's also like a superpower in a way because it allows you to really pick up on the things that make people um that, that allow you to see what people are thinking without them actually saying it. Um, so I would say that and focus on how you make people feel. The second thing I would say, which has kind of already been said, is people at work are your work colleagues. They are not your friends. But having said that, there is a space for work friends and don't be so closed that you can't have any kind of like relationships or friends. A lot of people are like, I don't want to make friends with people at work. I'm in, I'm out. I have been like that in the past, but there's also been times where I've actually found people at work that I've really enjoyed and been cool with. Um, but in the with that, there is always, I think there's always a recognition that people at work, especially if you're a black person in the workplace, there is a space for friendship, but you have to be quite clear in your mind, I think, about what a work friend is, as opposed to somebody who is a friend friend. Very rarely people can travel from that work friend category into that other category. But I think you have to think about when you're around people from work, what would I be comfortable with this person repeating to my boss or to the management team? What would I be comfortable with this person saying on social media that I've said to them and keep that in mind to an extent in your interactions? Because people from work are still your competition, so your colleagues. That's what I would say. Mm. That's true. I don't know if anyone disagrees with me on that, but yeah. What about the what about the competition thing? Uh, yeah, people at work. I mean, I I, don't, I tend to not be one to kind of try to focus on competing with other people. Like I compete against myself, which I know sounds very like cliche, but it's actually true. But I think it, you have to think about the fact that even if you're you don't see them as competition, people often see you as competition, and especially okay. often if you are a black person in the workplace. Um, there's the added element of race to that. So you have to be aware of that and how you maneuver with people and always treat people with respect, always treat people with kindness, but also don't be foolish about your movements. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's there's a certain degree of that. And I think especially as someone black in the workplace, like you're always, you're starting off at a disadvantage sometimes. So you got to be mindful that people will like deal with you in a certain way just to get ahead um 
so what I would say, one thing I've always said is like network, like network, talk to everybody. Like if you're in it, it's a very, it's a London mentality where, you know what I'm saying? If you don't know somebody, we just like, we won't talk until they talk to us. But I'm like, even just have some small talk topics in the back of your head. Is it the weather? Is it the World Cup? Is it, uh, I don't know, the, the state of the office, something, anything, just have something in the back of your head that you can just make small talk about and just start conversations with people because you never know what relationships can do for you. Like there's so many things where, I don't know, like for me, I have really, I have a really good relationship with my manager. I have a really good relationship with like my pre, one of my previous managers as well. And at the end of the day, my managers are the people that, they're the people that like promote you. If your manager doesn't want to promote you, you're not getting promoted. And just generally, like, it's good to have your name about. So like when your name comes up for promotion, it's like, oh yeah. Some, because some people are just literally promoting people based on vibes, based off vibes. And I'm not saying that's right. It's not right. However, make sure your name is in the conversation. <laughs> like if it can be, like be networking, be knowing people, be around, like be seen, like have any opportunity to PR your work, take it so that people know what you're doing. Even if it's small, because I'm telling you, there are white people PRing things that are just terrible or just not even that deep. And they're getting known for it and progressing. So for no, you as a black person, gone. Sorry, I was just gonna say, not even just that, the importance of having a broad network mm. um, because there are going to be times where you think you can rely on someone and they either leave or switch up on you mm. and not having a broad enough network is, is one of the things that I've seen has really impacted a lot of people's careers as they get down the line. Mm. Like some people be like, look, I'm just going to, I'm just going to focus on my line manager or I'm just going to focus on, this one person or this two people and then within the space of a year two years both of those people are now gone and when it comes to like you say the advocacy trying to get those new opportunities the different um i'm, I'm coming at it from a consulting perspective obviously but the opportunities that come up to be on the good projects to be um, on the visible projects especially comes from people being like oh actually yeah we've got a whole pool of people but my first port of call is always going to be the people in my network who I trust and if you're not in that network if you're not in those circles and people aren't talking about you mm. you quickly find yourself frustrated and and frustrated out to be honest mm. yeah. and I would add to that that in um to like saying yes to like have an attitude. Shonda Rhimes, there's a book that I, oh, I started. Well, I started listening to an audio book and I just didn't finish. But it's called The Year of Yes. And it's about saying yes to things. With a caveat that obviously you shouldn't say yes to everything. But also having an open mind to saying yes to opportunities. Like there's something that I'm doing right now with work. that I kind of was just like, oh, I don't know if I have time. Or like, I don't really want to. But then I actually said yes to doing it. And it's actually just like. I've realized more and more that just me being on this project is good for my career in so many ways and sense of just like me, ha just, just me being part of that project and having that name attached to me That's it. is, is a really good thing to have attached to my name. Um, and I, the reason I said yes to it is because it's something that like I felt kind of passionate about and I enjoyed doing it, but um, I was kind of doubting because I don't know if I have the time, 
but try and just you know don't shortchange yourself by not taking opportunities um, especially because you think you might be underqualified because I think that's something that a lot of like black people and other minorities might feel that like especially you know that oh maybe I'm not we have a tendency to question ourselves more about not being qualified for certain roles or not being able to manage it or whatever and I think one of the things that you can definitely learn from middle-class white men as we've seen in our country like Boris Johnson and all these other guys actually like you don't have to be you don't have to be the most qualified person sometimes to get to get the job. Nope. You have to be confident and you have to have a good network and you have to have people who will support you. Um, but you don't always have to be the most qualified. And a lot of the time, the people that you see who you think are the wizards at work, they're just BSing a lot of the time with a lot of confidence. Like there are people obviously who are great, amazing at their job, but there was also like, uh, I don't even say it's a minority, but there's also just like an, enough people who are like, basically very very confident and they get promoted and they get higher up in the workplace on the basis of the fact that they can they know how to sell themselves they know how to project things with confidence um and so they get the role and sometimes we shortchange ourselves by thinking like i'm not gonna be able to do this or maybe i'm not qualified enough or maybe i haven't had enough experience instead of just going for it and like acting like you already have it so that's the other thing i would say is just like watch people who are confident at work don't be overconfident in a way that's arrogant and obviously don't do things that you have no idea of, no idea of at all and you're going to fail. But if you just think that actually like, okay, I can do this, but maybe I'm not quite good enough for this. Aim a little bit higher, push a little bit harder and go for that thing that you think you're probably slightly underqualified for. Because I can promise you there's other people who've done the same and they're doing fine. Mm. I, I, I totally agree on that. Totally agree on that. One of the, so I'm in the middle of redrop. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm in the middle of redrafting some of our, um, guides to our recruiters and uh, like hiring managers around how we can create a more diverse pool. And one of the simple things we can do just from a human psychology perspective is, is adding a line that says, look, here's our essential quality, um, skills and capabilities. Here's our desirable desirables. And just adding a line that says, look, you may not think that you meet all of these, but if you think that you can meet some, please apply. We'll still do our assessment to see um, whether you are someone who is, but the first thing to do is to apply and get people over that initial barrier because the candidate pool tends to be less diverse, shallower because of that that thing you said, Nezi, about... Um, and it's not just uh, black people, but women, other minorities who feel like they have to tick all the boxes mm-hmm. or they put themselves forward for something um, that is an opportunity that may actually be within their reach and very possible for them to achieve with a little bit of on-the-job development and training. But because they don't feel like they meet everything, they don't go for it in the first place. Yeah, so I I think that whole thing about imposter syndrome. So I've seen, and honestly, this is a message to like all the like black women out there. I've seen so many black women, and black women, but mostly black women, like just have massive imposter syndrome because they they are normally they're like amazing at their job, but for they just feel like they're not doing enough or they're not as good as somebody else. And I tell everybody, I'm telling you, there's a white man who's doing twenty five percent of what you're doing. 
and they earn more money than you and they believe in themselves way more. So I'm please just believe in yourself because I guarantee you, however bad you think you are, I promise you it's not that bad. I promise you. <laughs> like I can I'm Okay, maybe a couple of you is actually that bad, but for most of you it's it's not. <laughs> I I'm just I mean it's probably not gonna be worse than some of the like some of the stuff I see. So I, I would You're just... not going to be worse than Donald Trump and he is president of our right. entire exactly. country. And he's more incompetent than you are. So just go for it. Like, it that's it. It's not like you're going to tank it's not like you're going to tank a whole economy or tank a whole nation if you get it wrong. Exactly. So I'd just say go for it. Liz um, Truss tanked an economy and just wrote a 4,000 word essay to say that it was the left wing economic machine. Bro, I just saw exactly. that. Can you believe that? Exactly. Go for <laughs> She said go. it was the left wing economic establishment. Go Since yeah. when has... Anyway. And that's your sign to just literally do your thing. Do your thing, man. Honestly, there's just no... There's no reason why you can't out here. Um, and I would say, one thing I would say as well, if you have funny interactions with anyone, it feels wrong. Document it, write it down instantly. Yes, if people if people are, are um, say racial comments, to be honest, there's um, I don't even know speak too much. There's I haven't documented things, but I've sent WhatsApp messages detailing <laughs> the racist things people have said to me at work. Um, and if something happens, I will be pulling those up for yeah people to see. So yeah, if people are odd to you, document it. And also when people have. Oh, this is the other thing. When people say things about your performance and they try to say it as like a buy the buy thing, ask for it in writing or an email, especially if it's, uh, with a caveat, if it's in a way that they're doing it to say, oh, this is why we're not giving you this, this promotion or we're not yeah, or like, blah, they have blah, to write blah. it down. Have to. Write it, like, you, tell them you want it in writing with evidence as to why, because people will often try and do that and say little things or do, you know, whatever, and not actually like, there's no record of the conversation. If a conversation is an important and it's important, if you feel like it's important to you, ask for it to be documented and emailed to you. And you're perfect. You can say, can I just have that in writing, please? That's all. Mm. And, and I think that's either way, right? So if it's a positive, if it's a development point, have it all written down. Because- Absolutely. And even if it's the other way around, if you're saying something to somebody else that you think that you the only thing is your word against theirs and you think it would be important for that if that was to be brought up then you also put that in writing just say i'll I'll just put this in writing in the email to you as well yeah yeah so i would not to say distrust everyone but we're dealing with humans there will be times where people say something where let's say it's a positive thing and they're like oh yeah i'll definitely give you a shout out in this meeting or or call out this great work that you did and they never do like sometimes it's because of forgetfulness and and just human memory sometimes there are people who who are like oh don't worry about doing this i will take it from you just so that they can take the credit or to make sure that you do not get the credit so your best, your best bet is to have everything in writing so that when you're trying to go and advocate for yourself or um, be in a position to be advocated for, you want that in writing. You want to be able to back it up in a way that isn't going to be dependent on memory, isn't going to be dependent on someone else stepping up at another time where you feel you need them. Yeah. I, I I just I really feel like when it comes to advice and just this kind of stuff, I feel like 
I don't know for you for you guys, but I wish I'd had someone like above me who is who could just say like yo like and just pointed me in the direction of of certain things because yeah you can't you're right you can't trust i mean you can't distrust everybody but you have to be guarded Mm. and i would say i well i would say the default should be not to trust people in general like and then let them let as in let people prove themselves to you first of all but what i would say yeah i mean i think saying distrust means actively like distrusting but i would say more just like your baseline is Build that trust. people are your work your work colleagues, yeah. which is a fine baseline to have. They're not your friends. They're not your family. They're just your work colleagues, which means they're there to make money and to look out for their own best interests, to make money for themselves and their family, which is what people do when they go into work. There are people who are very nice in the workplace and who want to see people succeed and who are great leaders and who want to give you platforms and things like that. But there's also equally people who are the complete opposite and you just don't know until you have quite like a good enough experience with that person to know that yeah it's 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 difficult to know but i i would say as well just guard yourself in terms of like say if someone's talking about someone else in the workplace and complaining you don't need to say you don't need mm-hmm. to be part of that conversation you do not need like to you can just let them talk like they can say anything they want like, that's fine you just don't be the one to say it because they will say all the madness and when it comes down to it they'll throw you under the bus because you responded but unless mm-hmm. they want let them lie about you but they can't say you said don't let them ever be able to say that you said something you didn't say like th- yeah. don't let them ever and also be able to treat say that, say my last tip like, you know. my last tip is um don't ever look down on somebody because they are junior treat juniors how you would have liked to be treated when you were a junior and any kind of associate staff or you know people that you might not think are important like even people you know like people who do the cleaning or do um the setting up of stuff like Everybody is a part of that team and you literally have no idea that that person's story, where they've come from and where they're going to go to. Because the person that you are rude to today could be your boss in 10 years time. So you treat everybody with the respect that you want to be treated with. Um, I remember at work, like there was uh, um, one of the housekeeping staff who like cleaned um, and he was from, I think he was from like Eritrea or something like that. And I got talking to him um, and yeah, he basically, he did his degree in, like, geography from, like, an, another country. Like, he was a super smart guy. And it, it did, even if he wasn't, even if he, like, that wasn't his background at all. But my point was just that, like, when you have conversations with people, people, just people aren't just their jobs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the identity of this is their role. And when you treat people just based on, like, their role, so, like, oh, you're junior, so you're not as important. You're senior, so you are more important. You're like cleaning staff, so I don't need to talk to you or like acknowledge your presence or say good morning. Like, yeah, don't go into work with that that attitude, like being very focused on hierarchies and roles, because literally, like everyone has a story and identity outside of that job, and you also absolutely have no idea of where you're going to be in ten years' time, where the other person's going to be. Just treat everybody with respect. That's my last. Yeah, piece of I mean, advice. I obviously someone's going to listen and be like well, you shouldn't have to know that someone can do you a favor to treat everyone with respect. But at the end of the day, everyone- No, 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 but that everyone, wasn't my point. My, but point my wasn't thing it. is everyone don't but have I'm to- But I'm just saying values. like- Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying, every, I'm just saying just treat people with respect because they're people and because they're humans. But as I said, because you literally like, our, our, our jobs are not what makes us. And also you literally have no idea. Like, I feel like people at like, especially like when you're in a middle-class job, sometimes people act like they're always going to be wealthy or that like, this is them for life. Like you are literally only one accident or one bad 
adverse life event away from being in a position as like as, as a lot of other people. So just like don't hold on too tightly to that your hierarchy because you have no idea where you're going to end up. No, completely agree, and uh, I don't think that even. I don't think that's limited to just the people in work, right? Because the idea of being one bad accident away, right? It, it's the same. It's the same conversation when it comes to on your way into work. Let's say you've made it to that big city job. On your way into work, the people you pass by, whether they are people working, um, street cleaning, um, station staff, homeless people along the way, it's. I think that's not even a work. Um, advice, right? That is just genuine good human advice. Because, yeah, you may be in that safe, secure job now, but who knows? Obviously, God forbid, we're not we're not wishing it on anyone. But if something were to happen and you find yourself in a position where you would want people to show you that level of kindness and humanity, like, yeah, man, just. Don't uh, yeah I, I I don't think it's a limit it to because they might become your boss in the future. I think it's just remember that humanity matters, and it goes back to your first point, Nezzy, about people remembering how you make them feel. Right, it's the Maya Angelou quote of people will forget what you did, forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel, mm-hmm. and that's that's a big thing. Yep, and I feel like that's a good place uh, to leave it. So. This has been Tales Pat from... Pat my butt. Pat, pat my butt. <laughs> <laughs> what? Pat my butt. Pat, you know, pat, pat, you pat. know what pat my butt meant to Harriet <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I had to just, like, I had to miss the point. There was a point that I wanted to do. I forgot. Like, that would just never not be funny to me. It's just Classic. so funny. <laughs> Classic. She wanted to <laughs> legendary, legendary. Oh my gosh, anyway. It's been told, uh, you know, what's also made me watched. laugh is people saying that they understand. Sorry, Harry, one more thing people saying that they understand why Dr. Umar said that some of you have to be put down for good. <laughs> Everyone keeps saying that, and I'm like, you know what? Oh, I, I can't lie. Know. I saw a video the other, I saw a video this weekend and I said yeah he's right still some of you like, I, I don't know if you guys saw it I'm not going to get to another conversation but there was an extremely violent video that went did the rounds with this girl pouring boiling water on somebody else and I said yeah nah you need to be put down for good for good, for good. yeah okay we don't really believe that by the way guys just... <laughs> yeah just yeah disclaimer we actually don't believe that <laughs> let's I make do, it clear I we do don't believe actually believe anyone to be put down be... we're very much for prison reform I think on this podcast um, so we don't I mean, yeah, we'll like defund the police and all that, but this girl needs to go to jail. Whatever the last jails there are, she needs to be part of it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> she's got to go. She's not fit to be yeah, with the rest of us. Go. Anyway, this has been Tales on the Plantation. Um, don't forget to, I was going to say like, share and subscribe. It's a YouTube channel, but basically, yeah, like rate us because obviously, you know, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, but we want people to be able to spread this podcast far and wide. And the more you rate, the more it helps, you know, tells the algorithms like surfaces podcast, suggest it. So please go and rate it if you haven't done it already. 
and it um, may not be a share and subscribe, but share it with your friend. Share it. Follow it on wherever you wherever you find your podcast. Follow it. Make sure you're there every time we um, record. We release. It's going to be a monthly thing now. We're being consistent. Consistency. A. C. A. A. Yeah. So, um, uh, guys, guess who I'm going to see in concert? What? Hmm. Guess who I'm going to see in concert? I'm going to see okay, Anderson Pack. Masego and Khalees. Oh, across the tracks. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, specifically with the aim to get them all onto the podcast in the future. That's why Nezzy constantly recruiting. Yeah, yeah. Respect yeah, it. basically. I, I want Khalees to be on the podcast. I think she's amazing. I hate you so much right now. Uh, I hate that was, you so much. Oh. Harry, do you remember when I broke up with my first boyfriend and I, I sat in your room at uni and I cried? Yeah, I remember. Lord, that was a tragic time, boy. I was. That uh, was funny. It wasn't funny to me. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I took him. I. Do you know what? The thing is, the funny thing was, this is my first boyfriend who I did actually looking back on it, I did not love him. I was just heavily infatuated, but that hit me harder than the breakup of the of the my next boyfriend who I actually did love, and I find that really funny. But it just showed you that infatuation is a very powerful like. It's powerful, man. I don't know. I think the first. I think the first breakup. I for me, I think is just like it's just a hard thing. Yeah, I, thought, I think always the um, first one is probably going to be the first one is a hard, and then after that, your your heart becomes hard, and you're just like, oh, okay, <laughs> wow. Let <laughs> go on the chin. Turn it biblical. My heart turned hard. Do you, what heart you know? I hard. one. I realized there was a there was a point where Khalees obviously Khalees was on top with Milkshake. I didn't really. I actually didn't like Milkshake as a song. To be honest, I find it really annoying, but. I love that but song. But Trick Me, oh, that song is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm a millionaire. Mama, I'm a millionaire. Oh, yeah, that song, those Good songs song. are. When I'm gonna see this. Andre, Andre 3000 is just like, I feel like he's underrated as an artist. I feel like I don't think I've ever heard like a track where he's not made it better or like just come with just a vibe. Like, yeah, yeah. Anywho, I got distracted. Yes, this has been Tales from the Plantation, Volume Forty Eight. Um, <laughs> Harry turned into an old man. Like honestly, <laughs> I can't remember what I was saying. You know, um, yeah. But go, yeah, you know, go find us on all social platforms at Instagram Tales from the Plantation, Twitter at Plantation Tales, Facebook Tales from the Plantation. I know none of you checking us on Facebook, but anyway, um, and yeah. We'll see you next time. Pat my butt. Pat, pat my butt. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>